0: future sagged last week beneath the weight of increasing uncertainty about post-Labor Day demand, and when exactly cattle feeders can begin recapturing some market leverage. Approaching supply fundamentals remain positive though. Coming up on your weekly calf News Price Point, presented by Cattle Currents, Wes Ishmore. Hello and welcome to your weekly calf News Price Point for September 7th. Sponsored by CAF News, I'm Wes Ishmael. Cash, calf and feeder cattle prices continued mainly steady to mixed last week at the auctions monitored by cattle current. Cattle futures took it on the chin though, as traders seemed to grow more concerned about post-Labor Day beef demand and the continued apparent inability of cattle feeders to gain currentness given the anemic packing pace total estimated cattle slaughter last week of 624,000 head was 27,000 head fewer than the previous week and 11,000 head fewer than the same week last year. The average dressed steer weight the week ending August 21st was 903 pounds according to USDA's actual slaughter under federal inspection report. That was 5 pounds heavier than the previous week but 7 pounds lighter than the previous year. The average dressed heifer weight of 820 pounds was three pounds heavier than the previous week, but 13 pounds lighter than the prior year. Negotiated cash-fed cattle trade continued slower than a one-legged spider. For the week, AMS reported live prices $2 lower in Nebraska at $126 hundredweight, and 2 to $3 lower in the Western Corn Belt at 125 to 126. Dress trade was 2 to $5 lower in Nebraska At $200 to $203. The Texas Cattle Feeders Association, however, reported its members trading steers at an average of $123.94 a hundredweight, which was $1.57 more than the previous week. They traded heifers for $1.67 more at $123.80. Wholesale beef prices continued to decline. Choice box beef cutout value was $8.92 lower week-to-week on Friday, at $336.42 a hundredweight, Select was $11.39 lower at $304.13. Live cattle futures closed an average of $1.02 lower Friday from $0.45 cents to $1.27 lower amid expanding open interest. Week to week, they were an average of $2.89 lower from $0.03 cents lower at the back to $4.40 lower toward the front. As mentioned at the outset, this week's price point comes to you courtesy of Calf News. Since 1964 Calf News has provided in-depth coverage of industry events and issues, along with market insight, management advice, and a celebration of cattle business people. Be sure to check out the latest issue at calfnews.net. There's an insightful look at the notion of basing the cash-fed cattle market on a cutout derived live price equivalent, discussion about the rhetoric surrounding cattle and climate change, strategies to prevent shipping fever, and lots more. Take a look. <music> Feeder cattle futures closed an average of $2.04 lower Friday from a dollar to two fifty seven lower. Week to week they were an average of three dollars and sixty five cents lower from forty cents lower at the back to $6.18 lower in spot set. The CME Fear cattle index was $1.65 lower week to week on Thursday at $157.74. Despite futures weakness last week as the market hunts a trading range, supply fundamentals remain positive amid what appears to be continued beef cattle liquidation this year. In fact, analysts with the Livestock Marketing Information Center suggest in the latest livestock monitor that this year's calf crop may be smaller than estimated by USDA in the semi-annual cattle report. They point out weekly average prices for steer calves weighing 500 to 600 pounds in the southern plains have averaged between 6% and 16% higher from June through mid August, incredibly strong given the higher cost of feed. Reports of droughts and liquidation would have implied early weaning was a given this year, but the data has shown little sign that it's happening to a large degree, they say. For instance, they point to the most recent monthly cattle on feed report, which pegged 15% fewer July placements weighing less than 700 pounds compared to the previous year. According to LMIC analysts, high feed costs should drive calf prices lower, reducing the incentive to place lighter weight cattle into feedlots. Drought affected areas should have started early weaning and shipped more small animals to feedlots, yet fewer light cattle were placed in July despite higher feed and calf prices. Consequently, LMIC analysts say these incongruent signals point towards a smaller July 1st calf crop than was estimated, which would explain both the higher prices and limited number of placements seen in July. Corn and soybean futures remain volatile. Part of it last week stemmed from uncertainty tied to Hurricane Ida, damaging key grain export terminals along the Gulf Coast. There also continued to be plenty of speculation about the size of this year's crops. Last week, private analysts projected corn and soybean yields higher than USDA's most recent estimate. Corn futures closed an average of 35 cents lower through the front six contracts week to week on Friday. Soybean futures closed an average of $0.32 lower through the front six contracts week-to-week on Friday. How many beef cows are going to town due to drought is a popular, current wonderment, one with no easy answer, says Daryl Peel, Extension Livestock Marketing Specialist at Oklahoma State University, in his weekly market comments. As it is, Peel says beef cow slaughter was up 8.7% year-over-year through mid-August. If we assume the current level of year-over-year increase continues for the remainder of the year, he says that implies an annual beef cow slaughter of 3.55 million head, representing a net culling rate of 11.4%, which would be the highest since 2011. By way of comparison, Peel says, the average culling rate the past two years, since the cyclical peak in 2019, has been 10.25%. He adds that over the past 35 years, across cycles of expansion and liquidation, the average herd culling rate has been 9.65% annually. Although beef culling likely will remain elevated, Peel doubts the rate of 8.7% year-over-year increase will persist for the remainder of the year. For one thing, he explains, the current drought began last year, so it's likely that beef cow slaughter was shifted earlier in the year. Producers likely have already culled cows that would have been culled later in the year anyway. He explains the January cattle report showed that beef replacement heifers were 18.7% of the cow herd, a level that would support stable herd inventories. The total number of beef replacement heifers, which includes heifer calves and coming first calf heifers, and the subset of heifers calving this year, were both fractionally higher year-over-year in the January numbers. No doubt, Peel says, producers in drought areas have had to adjust replacement heifer numbers along with calves. Some heifer calves that were indicated as replacements in January likely were shifted into feedlots, but it's not clear how many. Heifer slaughter is 1.4% higher so far this year, but Peel points out last year's slaughter levels were skewed by COVID disruptions. Finally, when it comes to ciphering drought's impact on herd liquidation, Peel says there's no way of knowing how producers outside of drought areas have responded. He explains forage conditions have been good in some regions, and it's not clear if producers may be holding more cows and heifers to offset some of the drought region impacts. In short, he says, we don't know what would have happened in the absence of the drought, and we don't know for sure how the remainder of the year will finish. After playing with lots of numbers and assumptions, he says his best guess is that the drought has added one half to one percent of additional beef herd liquidation this year. And that's your Calf News price point for September 7th. This is Wes Ishmal. Thanks for listening.